Welcome to Victory GP. We're excited you've joined us, and we hope you're impacted and inspired by today's message. Well, I'm going to have you go to Genesis chapter 6. In the good old days, you would hear everybody uh, opening their Bibles. Nowadays, it's just the phone, right? And I don't know, I'm still hooked on my paper, and uh, I love my Bible. I won't give this one away. This is the one I keep, and I've had this one, I think, since 1980. I'm not sure. It's been a while. Ah, this one's 1989, I think. No, actually, it's uh, 2010. <laughs> 2010, wow. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. And I'm going to talk this morning about Noah. And uh, this isn't going to be an easy message for everyone. I really like to teach happy, happy messages. But God doesn't always give me a happy message. And so uh, I hope just hang on to your seat. Uh, don't blame me. Maybe blame Pastor Shardet if you don't like the message today. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I was uh, just preparing the, this about uh, even three weeks ago. Uh, I was sitting and reading this, and um, I just felt the Holy Spirit drop in my heart. This is for Grand Prairie on the 16th. And so I'm just going to give it to you as God's given it to me. And uh, starting in verse 1, Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, and they were beautiful. And they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, Yet his days shall be 120 years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also afterwards when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them, they were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. Now there's a lot more in those passages. Pastor George knows this. If you really study these out, there's a lot of demonic activity happening in these verses. There were giants... There were angelic forms that were actually co-inhabiting with human beings. And the race, the human race, was contaminated through this. And uh, so there's a lot more being said here that I'm not going to preach on today. But uh, this is the condition of the earth in the time of Noah. And it goes on to verse 5 and it says, Then the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent or thought all day long of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Can you imagine a time like that on the face of the earth? This was a long time ago. This is Genesis chapter 6. Only six chapters after the creation of the earth. And where is mankind? <laughs> Wicked. Amen. I know this, there's some sobering things that I'm going to share, but it's all for a reason this morning. Because God wants to do something awesome in our hearts today. Amen. But I want you to see what the earth was like in those days. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. Now, I don't know about you, but I can't imagine the God of the universe... Grieving in his heart that he made me. 
See, it's always good when you read the Bible to personalize it. How could God be grieved that he even made me? How wicked would I have to be before he would be that? That's the condition that we're reading in Genesis chapter 6. Do you think there's any parallel to today? <laughs> and I'm going to show you there is. You know, when I read this, I just wept. So God have mercy on us. God have mercy on us. Verse 7, so the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing, the birds of the air, for I'm sorry that I've made them. I'll bet you a lot of you here this morning haven't read this recently. He was sorry that he made us. I can't imagine God being sorry for making me. And yet he was. How wicked could that possibly be? Now, we have to thank God for verse 8 in this chapter. And that's where I'm going. It says verse 8, and you have to look at the buts in the Bible because you, there's something in every but there. Amen? So, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect, and that word perfect there is blameless in his generation, and it says that Noah walked with God. Can you imagine one man on the face of the earth, all of humanity, and one man walked with God? One person walked with God. And one person averted the destruction of all mankind. You and I are sitting in this church today because of Noah. We got a second chance. Amen. Is anybody here thankful this morning? Amen. Is anybody gracious or thankful to God that we even are breathing this morning? That I can come into a warm church, heated, beautiful, soft chairs, and worship God? I want you to get a sense of that this morning. And deal with that sense of entitlement, that sense of comfort, that sense of safety that says, oh, I'm great. No problems here. The truth is, the fact that you're here this morning is a miracle. And you get an opportunity to give. You get an opportunity to worship. You get an opportunity to encourage somebody else that's sitting beside you. Every day is a precious gift from God to each one of us. And if you don't live your life that way, you will miss what God wants to do in this last day. Amen? That whole sense of entitlement that I, he owes it to me. He owes me nothing but hell. And he gave me Jesus instead. Is anybody thankful this morning? Amen. I deserved hell. But he gave me Jesus instead. Mercy. God loves mercy before judgment. Thank God he does. The only reason God has to judge us is because he's holy. And eventually he will. Amen. And so it goes on to say there that Noah walked with God. I want to be a man that walks with God. And Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Jepheth. The earth was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. 
So God looked upon the earth, indeed, and it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them from the earth. And then he commanded Noah, he said, make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Boy, that'd take a lot of gophers, wouldn't it? Some of you know what a gopher is if you were raised in southern Alberta. I used to shoot them. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. And then it goes on in the story there. Verse 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. There's another scripture that says that the eyes of the Lord go to and fro through the earth, searching for someone whose heart is faithful towards him. Find me one person who's faithful to me. I want to be that person. Notice something else in the time that Noah was living. It says that the earth was corrupt and that it was violent. Make special note of that. Have you noticed at all in a lot of the movies, not just a lot of the movies, could I say 99% of the movies today are violent? Killing? Dismembering? Blowing up? Stabbing? Violence. Be careful what you watch on TV. Because you could, that spirit is there. The spirit of violence and corruption is all around us. Guard your heart. Guard your family in this hour. Amen? You know, it's interesting. If you go over to Luke chapter 17, Jesus actually makes reference to Noah. Aren't you glad that he did? Because some people say, in some churches, they say that these are all just fairy tales. The story of Noah was just a fairy tale. Pastors will say that in certain denominations. But it's true. The, the flood actually took place. Amen? It was an actual event. How do we know? Jesus acknowledged it himself when he was on the earth. Genesis chapter, or Luke chapter 17 and verse 26. There's an interesting verse there. It says, And as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man. <laughs> Those are the days that we're living. That's talking about Jesus. And verse 27, they ate, they drank, they married wives, and they were given in marriage just like they were doing in the days of Noah. Until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. You know, it's interesting when you study this out, Pastor George, you've probably done this, but when you study out this whole thing of the ark uh, that Noah used, it's actually a type of rapture. Amen? It's a type of rapture. The door that was on the ark, no man could close that door. God closed the door on the ark. And then the rain not only came from the heavens, which it never had rained before from above, and the water came up from the deep and completely flooded the earth to the tops of the mountains and destroyed everything, except maybe the crocodiles and snakes because they could swim. That's why we still have them today. That's why they're so ugly. Amen. You don't want to get eaten by one of those. They, may, they had lots of food to eat, by the way. So Jesus makes reference here to the days of Noah. Violence and corruption. Verse 26, and as it was in the days of Noah, so will it also be in the days of the Son of Man. 
Could I say this morning that we are living in the days of Noah once again? Is there corruption and violence on the earth? We're looking at a possible imminent war now in Europe between Russia and the Ukraine. We're looking at another war from China. There's all kinds of people that want to fight and have war and make war in the day that we're living. It's an incredible time. Amen. But how many of you know God knows all this is going on? How many of you know that you are sheltered in the secret place of the Most High? Amen. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Amen. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. And then my three girlfriends, surely goodness and mercy, shall follow me all the days of my life. Don't tell my wife. All the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Wow. Verse 8. But God found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God observed how Noah lived his life every day. And how he honored and reverenced him. Here's a good challenge to all of us. Do you just get real serious about God when you're in crisis? Or do you get serious with him every day, regardless of how you feel? See, living for the Lord is a lifestyle. It's not something you put on on a Sunday morning with your suit. Living for Jesus is a moment-by-moment experience. At your work, at your play, at your entertainment, at everything you do, it's a lifestyle of living for the Lord. And that's what God saw in Noah. He was a man that walked with him, that had a lifestyle of godliness, of reverence, and awe of God. And he attracted God to himself. Amen? I believe that we can be the same. So here's a thought. One man walked with God and saved all of humanity. One man. I want you to go to Romans chapter 12, if you could. It says that Noah recognized, God recognized Noah with his eye. And I just want to read a verse here in the Passion Translation of Romans chapter 12. It says, Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourself to God to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights God's heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the idols and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through the total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. God's observing each one of us today in our service and love and passion for him. He sees us just like he saw Noah, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Not just on the good days, but also on the bad days, Noah walked with God. And I'm sure he had lots of them. Here he is using gopher wood or gophers to build an ark with. Can you imagine? 
They say it was over a hundred years that he labored building that thing. It never rained before on the earth and he's building a boat in the middle of a desert. How much scorn, how much mockery do you think that Noah put up with every day and yet he walked with God anyway? Let me ask you this right now. What kind of mockery, what kind of challenges are you facing right now? Maybe because of the COVID, maybe because of the vaccine, maybe because of something right now. You're being singled out and mocked and put down. Are you going to continue to walk with God? In fact, I believe it's a test to see if we will. Because in the last days, it says that many will depart from the faith. It says their hearts will grow cold through fear. How's your heart this morning? Is it hot towards the Lord? Is it forgiving towards those that hurt you? Amen? We need to guard our hearts with all diligence, for out of it comes the issues of life. Not getting bitter, not getting unforgiving, not getting sour in this last day because of all the things that are going on around us. Your family rejecting you because you're not vaccinated. Forgive them and love them. Send them some money or something. Bless them. This is all going to pass as well, by the way. So make sure you keep loving those that reject you right now. Amen? And be a testimony of Christ to them. It's so important. So God used Noah to prepare for, a, this is an interesting word, for a reset of the whole human race. Gee, it's funny right now that a lot of people are talking about a reset right now. It's interesting that God had a reset in the time of Noah. And here we are, 2022, and the byword is reset. It is a reset. It's a reset of the whole earth. Because I believe the rapture is imminent. I believe the church is going to be taken out. Just like the Ark of the Covenant, or the Ark was taken out, the church will be raptured from this earth at exactly the time that God wants us to be. Is anybody excited about that? Amen. Now, I used to quiz this church about holy smoke. You know what holy smoke is. Holy smoke is what's left over after the rapture. Poof! I'll tell you what, if you see holy smoke, it means you didn't go. Amen. Rapture Airways, one-way ticket. All aboard. I'm going to be on that boat. Amen. Amen. You need to be on that boat too. It's so important. Rapture Airways. Wow. Reset. We're in a time of reset of the whole human race. He was the only one that was ready to be used by God. Now that's an interesting thought. That only one person on the face of the earth was ready to be used. You know, I hear a lot of people say, Lord, use me. And then I use them, and they say, you're using me. I'll say that again. A lot of people say, I want to be used by God. And then somebody, I ask you to do something, and you say, no, you're using me. Set up the chairs, clean the toilets, whatever needs to be done, do it. Well, I didn't hear God ask me to do that. Well, what if your pastor did? Amen? So make sure when you pray that prayer that you're also not just, that you're usable. Noah was usable. I mean, I want to point on this a little bit. He was a usable guy. And what would God use you and I for if we walked with him like Noah did? 
And I want to put that challenge out to you on this day, on 16th day of January, 222. What would God do with you if he looked at you and said, here's a man or woman that walks with me. I could change the world with that person. Look at this room. We've got hundreds in this room. We could transform the world with only 10 of us. Jesus used 12 disciples. Just 12 people that loved God and would walk with him every day. That would not enter into the corrupt violence of the world system, but avoid it and live beyond it. In the world, but not of the world. Living a holy life. Holy means separated. Separate yourself. Amen? From the things of this world. So that God can use you. Many of you are fasting right now. There's many fasts that are going on. 22 days, 21 days, 3 days, 10 days. I'll tell you what, it's a time of cleansing right now. Getting ready for the reset that's coming. And if you haven't fasted yet, I would encourage you to fast before the end of January. Why? So that you're ready. So that you can hear God. More clear maybe than you've heard him in 2021. Amen? You know, when we starve ourselves, our flesh, our spirit gets very alert. <laughs> to the point where we can actually hear the Lord. And so it's important for fasting. And uh, God wants to do something special in each and every one of our lives in this season. So are we ready to be used today? Is there anybody here that's ready today? Are we ready to be used? So the prayer is, make me usable, Lord. Instead of, Lord, use me, more accurately, Lord, make me usable. Make me usable, Lord. Noah wasn't special, but he was ready to be used because he was usable. Wow. He was usable. You know, as a pastor, pastoring a church, when you work with people, you really find out what's in people when you ask them to do something. Amen. Dr. George often said that never give person position or title. Give them responsibility first. Because if they will not fulfill responsibility without a title, they won't fulfill it with the title. Amen. We are servants first. The title means nothing if we're not serving. Amen. And so anybody can be great in the kingdom because anybody can serve. Amen. So Noah wasn't special, but he was ready to be used because he was usable, because he walked with God every day, good and day, bad days. It didn't matter. When they were mocking him, when they were throwing stones at him, when they were, when they were calling him down, he continued to walk with God. I want to encourage you to continue to walk with God in this hour, because there is a separation taking place. Amen? He had a lifestyle that was God-centered, and focused. I had an African brother uh, when, I li when we lived there in Africa. He said to me, he said, uh, you guys in the West, Jesus is part of your lifestyle, but in Africa, he is our lifestyle. When you entered an African home, and, or at least in Kenya, which is one country of 53 countries in Africa, you walked into a home, you did not sit down until you prayed. Amen. If you were a guest there and you sat down, you'd be told to stand up. And before you left the home, you would always pray before you left. I remember I was in a crusade with uh, Bishop Washington and Getty. He's actually uh, the minister to the president in Kenya there. And he was the one that covered us while we were there. And uh, 
I was in one of his crusades one time. I think it was in Bondo, Kenya. And uh, I got up. I was going to go to the washroom without being dismissed. Well, he was preaching away and he saw me get up and he said, would you please sit down? He didn't give me the right to leave. Amen? I don't know why I'm telling you that, but anyway. Uh, Jesus shouldn't be just part of our lifestyle. He's not just one spoke on the wheel. He is the wheel. Your Christianity is not just something for Sunday morning. It's for seven days a week. We don't go to church on Sunday. We are the church seven days a week. Church starts on Monday morning. When I go out into my job and when I go out into Tim Hortons where I believe is the church, amen. Uh, God does marvelous things. If you have a mindset that church is just on Sunday, you won't be the church the rest of the week. And people won't see your light. They won't sense your salt. And so Noah was a man that walked with God daily, no matter what. Up, down, all around, COVID, no matter what, he walked with God. We're not going to stop walking with God because of COVID. Come on. Amen. Small peanuts compared to what God is yet to do. So he had a lifestyle. Not just a spoken, a spoken a wheel, but the actual wheel itself. So Noah was chosen because he was so... Wasn't so, he wasn't chosen because he was so special, and neither are we. But we can be ready. Amen? We can be ready. God is looking over this congregation right now, and he's seeing to see who's ready. Who has prepared themselves to be used by God? Who is willing to go wherever God asks you to go? Who is willing to say whatever God asks you to say? Who is willing to give whatever God asks you to give? And who is willing to be who God says you should be? Another person said, just fake it till you make it. Start being the person that you always wanted to be today. And the rest of you will catch up with you. Start loving people the way you would like to love them. Start giving to people the way you'd like to give to them. Amen? You know, I, I'm going to do that right now, actually. Dave, could you come up? I just felt the Lord wanted to bless you today. Yeah. God bless you. Amen. I love you, buddy. You're awesome. Use that for something special. But you know, we have to be willing to give whatever away. Your car. We had another time here. We had a young lady that came here who was a stripper in town. The strip joint shut down. So she came to church. One of our people met her in Totem when it was Totem and invited her to church. Isn't that, a, isn't that something when the church is the church in Totem? Amen. In McDonald's, in Tim Hortons, wherever it is, because church isn't on Sunday. It's all week long. And she invited this stripper, met her in the store, and said, hey, you should come to church on Sunday. She gave her life to Jesus. Amen. Her children had been taken away from her. Her father had her kids in Edmonton, but she wasn't able to see them. But she got a special thing to be able to go see them. So we gave her a bus ticket and sent her to Edmonton. The next time she came, she, uh, God was really working in her heart and working in her life. And she wanted to go back and see her kids. So I said on a Sunday morning, I said, uh, we want to give this young lady a car today could anybody just bring their keys up guy jumped up and brought his keys to the front we gave the car to her see what are you willing and ready to do are you ready to be used by God it's not a matter of Lord use me are you really usable will you give away whatever you have if God asks you to amen Oh, Lord, I'll serve you, but don't send me to Africa. 
That's the very place he'll send you. I want to go there and I can't. Amen. And Kelly would come with me in a heartbeat. So Noah was chosen because he wasn't special. And neither are we, but are we ready? Usable. Amen. I have a, in my toolbox, I've got uh, a bunch of screwdrivers. And uh, I'll reach in to get my Phillips. And almost without exception, I'll grab the Phillips that the tip on the end of it's broken. It's not usable. I don't know why I don't throw the thing away. Isn't that hard to throw tools away, Kelly? Well, I just throw it and, it's, and then I'll grab and I'll need a screwdriver again. I pick the one and it's, it's not usable. So I put it back. When God looks at you to use you, are you usable? Or does he just have to put you back? I'm not talking about your salvation. That's, that's done. That's Jesus. But are you usable? And that's the question that we need to ask today. God, I want to be a usable person. I want to be a usable person by you. Opportunity comes to those who are ready. I need some pastors for the north. We're planting churches in Manning, uh, La Crete, and High Level. I need three pastors. I need worship leaders. I need children's workers. Amen? Would you be willing to go help plant a church if God asked you to? This is a church planting church, by the way. This is an apostolic center that we built to plant churches all through the north, across Canada, and around the world. So that means you are the people that God's going to use to do that. You know, I was sitting in my chair one day in church and listening to another message, and I thought, how many messages do I need to listen to before I'll get up and do something? How many messages do Christians need before they'll finally get up and say, God, use me? Amen? And I'll just say this right now. There's pastors sitting here right now that aren't serving. You're not answering your call. There's leaders here that aren't answering their call. And I'll leave that with you and the Holy Spirit. But I need people. We need people. Victory Churches needs people all over the world. I need a pastor in Chihuahua, Mexico right now. A beautiful work down there, right in cartel company. Lots of fun down there with guns and bullets and shooting, killing. It's a great place to start a church. Yeah, just on the phone the other day. So are you answering the call? Are you usable by God? Are you just living your life? Going to retire one day. Get your pension and retire. What a boring life. If all you're living for is your pension, you're already dead. Amen? Amen. God didn't call us to a career. He called us to a calling. Amen? And if a career is involved in that, that's part of it. But we should always ask God, and you'll see this by the time we're done today, you'll be jumping up and down. Amen? (laughs) So opportunities come to those who are ready. See, I can say all the tough things when Pastor Charlotte isn't here. Opportunity comes to those who are ready. Just turn to your neighbor and say, I'm ready. Get ready. Amen. T.D. Jakes, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Right? Because God's going to use you in a powerful way. I love, you know, I remember uh, Reinhard Bonnke in Africa. We went to two or three of his crusades. And I remember his sound man, a precious brother and his wife, Colleen, And they were just the sound man. 
But you know what they're doing today? They're preaching all over Africa. He's not just the sound man. He's an evangelist. See, when you, you become who you hang with. If you hang with a bunch of milk toast and butter, that's what you're going to be. Amen? But if you want to get around somebody that's going to challenge you, somebody that's going to provoke you, amen? The book of Hebrews says that we're to provoke each other to greater love and good works. Get around people that drive you crazy. You know, I just made a new friend, and we had him at the men's conference here. He might be listening today, but Steve, uh, Steve Holmstrom from, from uh, Drayton Valley. He is a wild man. He's on a 22-day water fast right now. He does 40-day fasts back-to-back. He drives me nuts because he challenges my laziness. He challenges my comfort. He challenges my safety. But I love to get around people like that because I don't want to fall asleep before Jesus comes. Amen? God is looking for somebody who's ready and willing to be used. I need some phone calls from some people. Say, Pastor, I've been praying. God's called me to be a pastor. God's called me to do this. God's called me to do that. If just sitting and listening to another message is your destiny, I feel sorry for you. Amen? But I still love you. Opportunity comes to those who are ready. Living in such a way that God can intervene at any time and have our attention and obedience. In Luke 1, Mary, the mother of Jesus, an angel appeared to her in verse 28 and says, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you amongst women. Wow, Mary was ready. Blessed amongst women. There were thousands of women in Israel at that time. But one woman caught the eye of God. One woman, just like Noah. And he said, that's my girl. She was a virgin. She'd kept herself. She was about 13, 14 years old. And that's when they started conceiving in those days and getting married. Because they didn't waste their lives in their teenage years. That's a Western invention. See, that's a whole other subject. <laughs> that's why your teenagers can give you some trouble. Anyway, Mary said, here I am. And what did Mary say at the end there? After the angel said that too, in verse 38, she said, Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to to your word. That's instant obedience. Saying, God, here I am. I'm ready. I'll be used by you. Like Noah, Mary was ready to be used. She was usable. Did she understand everything about what didn't happen to her? She was going to birth God. Wow. She didn't understand it all, but she just said, yes, I'll do it. So you don't need all the answers before you answer God's call for your life. Amen? Because he requires faith to follow him. So our prayer, Lord, make me usable. It's a dangerous prayer. Don't pray it if you want to live in safety and comfort for the rest of your life. Don't pray that prayer. It's a dangerous prayer. Matthew 20, 16. Many are called, but few are chosen. We are all called from conception and birth by the fact that we were born. Because God does nothing without having a purpose. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. The fact that you and I are sitting here today breathing the air in this room is because God purposed that you would be born for such a time as this. 
It was not a mistake that you were born. That's why suicide is so stupid. Is because God doesn't make mistakes for the people that are born. If you were conceived through rape, your conception was still a miracle. Hello? Hello? Every person that's breathing has a God-ordained purpose for serving Him. If the first question out of your mouth isn't, Lord, here I am, send me. What do you want me to do before you make the decision for your life? A good chance you'll make a big mistake. Amen? Because you were born for a purpose. A God purpose. First of all, before anything else in your life. Everything else is gravy. After you answer what God has your purpose for. Amen? And just a couple of examples here. Jeremiah 1, verses 4 and 5 there. I'm going to go through these quickly. Number one, he said, I formed you. So you were intentionally made. I formed you. Number two, I knew you, Jeremiah. That speaks of relationship. He knew him. Number three, I sanctified you. That means he set him apart for a specific purpose. Number four, I ordained you. Or I prescribed you and determined and made you official when you were born. And if you are breathing, this is God's heart for each and every one of us. Amen? Formed, I knew you, I sanctified you, I ordained you. You can read that in Jeremiah 1, 4 through 5. And then in Psalms 39, 1 through 5, and I'm going to go through this quickly as well. Number one, you have searched me and you know me. Wow. That's before I was born. You searched me and you know me. Number two, you know my sitting down and my rising up. Number three, you understand my thoughts from afar off. Not only does Google have a record of every Google search that you've ever put in, but God has one as well. Ooh, that's dangerous, isn't it? Be careful where you go on Google because somebody's keeping track. Amen? Number four, you comprehend my path and my lying down. Psalms 24, you make me lie down in green pastures. You lead me beside the still waters. You restore my soul. And number five, you're acquainted with all my ways. Number six, you know every word on my tongue before I speak it. Number seven, you have hedged me in from behind and before. He's ever present. And number eight, you have laid your hand upon me. That means I've, he's confirmed you. He's accepted you. Amen. As his. I was born and raised in the Catholic church and I was confirmed at 10 years old. And the bishop laid his hands on me. Amen. God has done that with each one of us. He's laid his hand on us and he's confirmed us for a purpose. A purpose. Amen. And that's so important. The only difference between the called and the chosen is that the chosen have said, yes, Lord, here I am, send me. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an opportunity to pray that dangerous prayer at the end of this service today. Some of you thought you were just going to go off into retirement. Some of you thought you were just going to move to Arizona. Have you asked God yet if it's okay to do that? And you're going to see in a moment why I'm saying that. Amen. So we are, we are only once again living, we are once again living in the days of Noah. There's a reset taking place right now. 
There's a rapture and a departure that's going to take place just as the ark departed from the earth and it didn't go sideways. It lifted up off the earth in the water just like the rapture is going to happen. Amen? I wonder if in China they actually have to go through the earth to get to heaven. Some of you got that. So we were born for this time and season. We were chosen for it. In Esther 4.14 it says, You have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. We are here because God wants us here. Now what does he want me to do? Amen. I want to show you something that's going to blow your mind. And I want you to kill as many of the lights in the room as you possibly can. Because I want this to be nice and bright. If we could. And I'll give, have the first picture, if I could, Mia, the earth. Isn't that a lovely picture? And I'm going to have Rex, if you could just come. Just something soft. Isn't that a beautiful picture of our earth? It's taken from outer space. More lights, if you could. More lights. Oh, I like that. It's perfect. Wow. Now we got the moon. In comparison to the earth. Isn't that amazing? Continue. There's Mercury. It's getting bigger. There's Mars, a little bit bigger. There's Venus. Just stop there for a minute. There's Neptune. Uranus. Look at the earth in comparison. Go ahead. There's Saturn. We're disappearing. There's Jupiter. There's the sun. Is anybody getting a sense of our smallness yet? And yet God knows every thought that you have. What kind of God are we serving? That he cares about me. Amen. Go slow now. This is another star that's out in the, in the uh, universe, our galaxy, I mean. Look at how small our sun is now. Again, there's another star. Again, there's another star. Earth is invisible at this scale. Jupiter is about... the size of that thing that's in our galaxy go ahead it just keeps getting smaller and smaller keep going keep going again all of the stars and the size of our world and all the stars you can see in the sky are only in our own galaxy. What lies beyond our galaxy? And here's a teeny glimpse. On September the 3rd, 2003, the Hubble Space Telescope began pointing its camera at a small area in the night sky. The area about a tenth the size of the full moon appeared to be complete blackness with no stars visible to the naked eye. Hubble kept its camera pointed there for over four months, taking in all the light it could. This is what Hubble saw. 
There was no light there, but look what was there. Again. Each dot in this image is an entire galaxy. Each galaxy contains up to one trillion stars. Each star may have a system of planets. Each dot in this image is an entire galaxy. And so there are over 10,000 galaxies in this one photo alone, in that one square that the Hubble telescope took. Again. These are the most distant objects ever photographed more than 13 billion light years away. The large galaxy pictured here contains eight times as many stars as our Milky Way galaxy. It is so large it technically shouldn't exist according to current physics theories. All from what looked like nothing in that small dot. Keep going. I want to read you a, a, just a, a portion of scripture out of the Passion Bible. In Psalms chapter 8, it says, Look at the splendor of your skies, your creative genius, genius glowing in the heavens. When I gaze at your moon and your stars, mounted like jewels in their settings, I know you are the fascinating artist who fashioned it all. But when I looked up and see such wonder and workmanship above, I have to ask you this question. Compared to all this cosmic glory, why would you bother with puny mortal man? Or be infatuated with the Adam's sons? Yet what honor you have given to men, created only a little lower than Elohim, which is a name for God. Crowned like kings and queens with glory and magnificence. You've delegated them mastery over all you have made, made everything subservient to their authority. That's us placing earth itself under the feet of your image bearers. That's us too. All the created order and every living thing of the earth, sky, and sea, the wildest beasts and all the sea creatures, everything is in submission to Adam's sons. Lord, your name is so great and powerful. People everywhere see your majesty. What glory streams from the heavens, filling the earth with the fame of your name. Can you get a picture? And yet God is mindful of you and I here today. Do you think it matters that he made us? That he wants to use us for a purpose in this last day before his son's return? Do you get a little picture of that this morning? that life is so much more than a bank account, a retirement plan. Not that any of those things are wrong, but if you're living for them, you're living for the wrong reason. God has fashioned us for a purpose. And I believe he's calling us in this late hour, in the days of Noah, 
In this reset, God is calling us. Don't take that calling lightly. Don't take it lightly. It's serious. People's lives are at stake. Jan and I moved to Grand Prairie, as Pastor George said, in 1995. Did we have lightning bolts? Did God come down in an angel and say, go to Grand Prairie? No. We came in fear and trembling. Never pastored a church before. Just got back from Africa. Just bought our first house in Medicine Hat. Lived in it for six months. And then we had to sell it. We both wept. But we got in a horse trailer in the middle of winter and we drove to Grand Prairie with all of our furniture. Half of it got broken in the trailer because of the rough roads coming into Grand Prairie. We unloaded all our broken furniture, put it into a, a fourplex by the college with shag carpets, and we wept. We said, God, what have we done? What are you willing to do if your Lord who created that is asking you to love and serve Him? Are you willing to say yes to anything that He asks you to do? And I would hope your answer would be yes. Amen? I'm going to have you bow your heads right now. And I first of all want to ask those that came today that don't have a relationship with Jesus yet. They don't know that their sins are forgiven. And they want to ask Jesus into their heart today to save their soul and give them eternal life. If you don't know where you would spend eternity, if you were to die today, then you need to invite Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Is that you here today? Just put up your hand. I want to pray with you first. Don't stall. Don't stop. Don't hesitate. If that's you, just put up your hand right now. I want to pray with you right where you're sitting. I see that hand. God bless you. If the service today was just for you, then it was all worth it. Amen. Is there anyone else? Just say, Pastor, I, need, I want you to pray with me to receive Christ as my Savior. Anyone else? Let's pray this prayer with those, with the one who put up their hand and with those that wanted to. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you today that you're the creator of the universe. I don't understand it all. But I believe you sent your only son, Jesus, to die in my place on a cruel cross. He died so that I could live and have eternal life with him. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins, past, present, and future. I invite you, Jesus, to come into my life to save my soul and to make me whole and give me eternal life from this day forward. Give me the assurance of your salvation. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and power. Give me a passion for your word and a love for people. Lord, I thank you and I praise you today for doing that in my life today. 
I give you the remainder of my life from this moment forward. I'll do anything you ask me to do. I'll say anything you ask me to say. I'll go any place you ask me to go. And I'll be the person that you created me to be. All by your grace and by the power of the Holy Spirit working in my life, willing to do your good pleasure. I thank you for doing it in Jesus' name. Now we're going to pray a second prayer. Just put your hand on your heart. And this is that dangerous one. Say this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, make me usable. Make me ready for what's coming. I want to be a part of the solution and not part of the problem. Your word says that the righteous are as bold as lions. I'm not looking for safety, but I'm asking for courage and boldness to be the person that you've created me to be in this time and season. I ask you to forgive me for not obeying you in my calling. And I ask you to give me another chance to obey you. And I thank you for your mercy. And Father, I just want to pray a blessing over this congregation and those online this morning. It's a timely message for all of us. Living in the days of Noah. And Father, I thank you that you haven't given us a spirit of fear, timidity in this hour, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That we are in this world, but we're not of this world. We are not home. We're going home. This is not our house. But Lord, you said that you've gone to prepare a mansion for us in glory. Father, forgive us for loving this world so much that we're unusable in this world to make a difference. God, you are our first love before everything else. Change our hearts today. Transform us with your word in these perilous days, great and terrible days. And God, we thank you that you will manifest your glory upon your church in this hour like never before. As the earth gets darker, Lord, the glory of God will become brighter. And Lord, your word says in Isaiah that your glory will rest upon each and every one of us that our sons and daughters will come, that multiple millions will come to Jesus Christ during this time, and that we will be a part of the greatest harvest that, took, that will take place in the earth in all of history. God, your word says that the heavens can't contain who you are, that what we saw today is too small to be your dwelling place. Forgive us for downsizing you, Lord for shrinking you. Forgive us, Lord, for thinking that you're not who you say you are. That you would send your only son to die on a cross for each one of us. 
to give his life for ours. Forgive us for taking that lightly. Forgive us for neglecting our salvation. And Father, give us a new heart today to follow hard after you, to be God chasers in this hour. Fill us now anew with your Holy Spirit. Fill us now, Lord, with your Holy Spirit and fire from this day forward in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father. We give you all the glory for doing it. In your precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this message from Victory Church Grand Prairie. You can stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by using at VictoryChurchGP. If you have any questions, would like to access our online resources, or would like to sow into this ministry, you can visit us at www.VictoryGP.com. You can also text to give. Just text 587-207-4387 and follow the prompting. Thanks again for joining us at Victory GP. Reach. Teach. Mobilize.